Hey everybody, Brandon here, the Authentic Agent Podcast, number five with Kerry Lunick. I'm excited about this podcast today because we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, the topic of this podcast is passion meets perseverance, and and uh, Kerry, I really appreciate you joining us today. I'm I'm interested in getting to know your story a little bit more too because you and I have had multiple conversations and this thing has kind of been piecemeal together a little bit, but um, we're going to kind of take this back to the beginning and start this off um, from, you know, really like how this whole journey started from you. So first of all, welcome, Carrie. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Yes, I'm super excited as well. Good. So Carrie Lunick is, a, is an agent. She's actually our lead agent now at BTG Real Estate in Missoula, Montana. Um, so she covers the entire western Montana areas as well as some uh, central and northern sections. So for our Arizona family, if you've got uh, people or, or friends or people that you need someone to assist you with in the western Montana area, uh, you can always get a hold of me or, or carry directly. Um, so we're excited to, one, have you a part of our organization because you're, so you're a very strong, very talented woman. And there, I've... I've I've noticed this about you since the first time we talked. Um, you've got a very interesting story, but above the story that we're going to talk about today, like you are a professional. You you're you're special in a, in a lot of ways. And if we don't, if you guys don't see that today, I'll be quite surprised. <laughs> so, Carrie, I want to I want to take this all the way back to where your your story began. Like, give us a little you know understanding of where this started for you. So, um, yeah, I was actually, I was actually born in Missoula, but um, raised on the Blackfeet Reservation. Mm -hmm. I'm a member of the Blackfeet tribe. Um, so I grew up there. I have two amazing parents who were super strong too and great work ethic. So I learned work ethic really early, uh, really early on. Um, so that's kind of where I, I got started. Um, in the aspect of like just being in Missoula, I had graduated from high school and the, the day of my last class of high school, I got in my car that my parents had bought me or my mother had bought me. Um, I had $200 in my pocket and I w drove to Missoula to mm. go start a, a life. I didn't know what I was gonna do where I was going or what would happen. I just knew I was going to work. I did also have a surround sound system because music <laughs> is so important to me. And I'm was this sure the 90s? This yes, was the 90s. Yes. Right? yes. So and I'm sense. sure there was Britney <laughs> playing on the radio then too Fair on enough. my stereo. Fair enough. Um, and I moved to Missoula. Again, just I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I came from a little tiny town um, not knowing how crazy, like I think about it now and it's like, Wow, like that was kind of crazy. So, what town were you were you from in Montana? The Blackfeet yep. Indian Reservation, and uh, help everybody understand like where in Montana is that? Um, so that's northern Montana, like far north, uh, northern. It's um, up by Canada, pretty okay. much, mm -hmm. um, and that's Browning, Montana. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew up uh, between Cupink and Browning. My uh, father owned a. Uh, had a ranch there in between Cupping and Browning. I grew up um, kind of from a cowboy family on my father's side mm -hmm. and very religious Catholics on my mother's side. Mm. Um, and no one really did what I did of just like get up and leave and go. Um, and Why like do you I think said, that is? 
Because what you're talking about is like you, you graduated high school on, on the reservation here at Browning and you had your car packed. And this is a great story because I, I did the same thing. Yeah. I, you know, I'm from a small town in Montana, too, in Phillipsburg, Montana. And I, it's funny, the similarities here, because I did have my car packed and I yeah. did just take off after graduation and I just drove out to California and that yeah. was that. So yeah. just like whatever happens, happens. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had my grandfather um, in California. He was a self-made millionaire wow. and he, um, he had a carpet chain company and I spent a lot of summers with him. I one thing is just my parents were hardworking people. They're they very ranch, strong. Right? My yeah. grandfather too. And I would spend time with him and he was very harsh about things, but the things he'd tell me really got in my head of like, you got to go do something. Like if you're going to do something, you go out and do it and you don't stay where you're at because you're not going to be able to do what you want. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do. Like if you would have told that 18 year old girl that I would be selling real estate, I would laugh. Like, I don't even know what real estate is. There is no real estate on the reservation. There's mm -hmm. no mortgages on the reservation. Um, so I just kind of just was going to go figure it out and uh, mm. went to Missoula, stayed at this really creepy hotel. Um, <laughs> and I got a discount by cleaning my own room um, until I found an apartment. So wait a minute. You, you went to Missoula. You packed your car, you, you drove to Missoula right after high school, you had $200 in your pocket, you found a hotel room, and you, you were already hustling, you were already <laughs> negotiating. Yeah. So as, a, as like an 18-year-old girl, you're negotiating with the hotel manager, so if, I, if I clean my own room, yeah. well, and they, they give you a discount. Mm -hmm. So you were able to stretch that $200. And eat dollar burgers from McDonald's. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I also, because of my work ethic, it didn't take me very long to get two jobs. Um, I worked in... Can we talk about that for just one second? Yeah. Because I think that we say words like work ethic now in, in the world and society today. And I don't think people really understand what work ethic is anymore. I think yeah. it's a buzzword. And that people think they're working hard when most of the time they're just busy. They're yeah. making themselves busy and they get home at the end of the day and say, oh, I'm so tired. I've just worked so hard today. Like, what specifically was it, like, your work ethic in that moment? Like, what was that about? You know, I as long as I could work, I, well, and I would say even before, I, um, even while I was in high school, I went, to, I was in high school, I went and cleaned rooms at Glacier National Park in the hotel there mm -hmm. um, on weekends, and then I w um, was a waitress at a restaurant there. So I just always was hustling and I've mm -hmm. always just like even you know when I'm not working I'm working I've never just been like oh my day's done like I always knew I was going to work for myself and wanted to be able to provide for myself in a way that nobody could take that from me so so how did that manifest then in this situation like you're at this hotel you're stretching this out you're negotiating for a reduced nightly mm -hmm. rate by cleaning your own room and you go out and get two jobs like mm -hmm. what was was the drive what was the driving factor there and what did you do what were those jobs um, so again it was the only thing I had background in was um, was working in a restaurant mm -hmm. in hotels um, I went and applied, like, I think back about it now, and some of the jobs I applied for is really funny to me. And I'm like, why would I have applied for that job? It makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. But um, I really just looked for anything. And I worked as a night auditor at a hotel and then worked during the day at the front desk at another hotel. 
two totally separate sides of town as mm -hmm. well um, until I could get into an apartment. And then I got an, into an apartment, kept the jobs, but um, I really think it was, like I said, I've always wanted to be able to provide for myself and nobody be able to take that from me. Mm -hmm. That no, at the end of the day, I have provided for myself and I'm okay. Did you have any other choice? No. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess I could have lived with my parents for the rest of my life, but that was just never going to be who I was. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I was living in Missoula about a month, and one night I had left. I worked at a hotel that was off of Reserve Street, um, which is at that time is a little bit ways out from town. Yeah, like I remember, it's really grown. Out there. Yeah. 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 Um, and I had pulled over to pick something up at the a store. And that day, uh, for some reason, I did not put my seatbelt on when I left. Mm. And I'm driving down reserve and I'm listening to girls just want to have fun. Like, I can remember this so plain as day. Uh, and I'm like singing at the top of my lungs, just like it's 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. I'm <laughs> 19 years old. Um, I believe I was 19, 18 or 19. And um, just driving along and I see this big truck in front of me just like swerve out of the way. And I said out loud, what the, and I, that was the last thing I remember. Mm -hmm. um, I wake up and I'm in halfway out the back of my car and I look up to the ceiling and kind of swipe it in blood swipes. And I just was in shock at the moment. I thought, huh, blood. And then I get, I kind of phase out mm -hmm. and wake up again. And the, there's like firemen and this big dramatic scene and I can't see my leg like my legs not there and I told him oh I lost my leg like again in shock mm -hmm. and I'm telling them also like oh my grandma like I don't know why my grandma wasn't with me but I'm saying my grandma so they start freaking out looking for my grandma thinking oh, that she's in the car too mm -hmm. um and then again I don't wake up like I don't remember anything from that point my I was hit head-on um, by a kid who was in high school and he had been drinking all day at a, a school function, like a dance or something. Mm -hmm. um, I got hit head on. He was going 80 miles an hour down Reserve Street mm -hmm. and hit me head on. Uh, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, which was super great for me because the engine was sitting in the front seat of the mm -hmm. car. So the car just was completely, you know, um, put to, like it was just like a what smashed together because I also got hit from the back so oh, wow. it pushed me back and then I got hit um so yeah so I got hit head on I had a I shattered my kneecap broke my femur in half uh collapsed both lungs broke all of my ribs um broke my pelvis and um my face looked like I had a someone took a wire brush to it it was just full of glass I actually didn't stop pulling glass out of my forehead like Three years ago was the last time I started kept I had glass in there, wow. um, and so I I just was not like at the hospital. I remember waking up the first time I remember waking up, um, which is kind of a funny story. My parents were divorced when I was young, and you could not have those two in the same room at mm -hmm. all. They they fought too much, and I wake up in the hospital and I hear my parents laughing, and I remember thinking. God, I'm dead. 
Like, I'm dead. <laughs> this is not that. real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, this is what heaven looks like. Yeah, this is, is heaven. Is My parents are laughing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I went back. To, you know, I, I don't I didn't stay awake at that point. But the very first time I remember waking up, the nurse had said, Carrie, you got to walk like you need to start walking. If you walk around this entire floor, we'll let you leave. And so I, my very first time, she said, just use to take two steps. I walked the whole floor. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So th- it was just so amazing that it's like, oh my God, you, they want, they just thought I could take two steps. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. So I got out of there. They did get me out of there. Um, How I, long were you there for? Two weeks, yeah. but at most of it, I wasn't awake. Um, okay. I woke up little spurts like I can remember waking up, you know, different times. But um, my I mean, I was in surgery for hours and hours before my injuries were just, you know, crazy. They just Mm -hmm. kept me asleep. So my um, I was all by myself in Missoula. I didn't I don't have really have family in Missoula. There's no grandparents, parents. Um, Mm -hmm. All of my family is doesn't live here. So I'm in a walker. I'm 18 years old. I have a broken leg. I have, you know, all of these injuries. And I decided to just stay in Missoula. I lived on a second level apartment. So I really got really good at figuring out how to like walk up the stairs with my walker. And I had to use walker because all my ribs were broke. But it was it was quite challenging. And again, I didn't have a job. I didn't have income. Um, but I was not moving back. Like, so Carrie, I mean, if any other person would have taken that opportunity to just go on home Say, and I'm going home, go, yeah. go back to comfort mm-hmm. and then maybe not ever come back out of that comfort mm-hmm. and it, yeah. you didn't even entertain that no. you just it you, wasn't even a thought like I never even thought okay maybe I should move back okay so two a couple of things here before we go forward one I don't think we're advocating for not wearing a seatbelt right absolutely not <laughs> but amazing that you you always wear a seatbelt in this one time that you didn't yep it may have saved your life. Yeah. And then two, w- was this Britney Spears' music's fault or like? I no, just that wasn't okay. Britney that time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it was girls just want to have girls, fun. And okay. believe me, I never listened to that song in the car ever. I, I can imagine there's there's some feelings that come up when that when mm-hmm. that comes on. It does. Yeah. 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 So here you are. You. I mean, this this is just months after kind of stepping out on your own, and you've you've made this kind of decision mentally that you're gonna go and you're gonna find your way, yeah. and you're handed on a silver platter an excuse not to continue to go, and you don't take it. No. No. What's next? And I think that's just the theme of my life too. Like, I could see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that's not an excuse. That's a reason to push harder. Do you know how many people on? I mean, seriously, how many people on earth? would take that excuse and use it to to live a mediocre life or, or to just I, go back to comfort or not accomplish it. I mean, so many, I mean, people use the sniffles as an excuse yeah. not to like go to work for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so, I exactly. Mean, it's true. No, it's one thing I, I always tell people and um, I, I mean, I love helping people. I love to encourage people. And that's one thing I always tell people, it's really easy. And I think that we always look for a reason to find anything that's to make an excuse not to go on and it's justified sometimes like Mm -hmm. I lost a child I lost a mother I you know like there's some serious things that people go through and 
if you keep pushing through, like I've never lost a child and I've never lost my mother and I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. But if you keep pushing through that and you come out the other end of it, it's an amazing feeling that you can sit back and laugh about the experience. There's so much about tragedy that can be good or bad. And, and a lot of people use that tragedy, you know, for some reason they, they internalize, not for some reason, for very good reasons, they internalize it. And it has a tendency to break them. And it has, has a tendency to be the only thing that they can focus on. And you can slip into, you know, for lack of a better term, victimhood. And I don't mean that in a bad mm-hmm. way. I just mean that that's where you feel. You feel a victim of circumstances and it's just completely out of your control and there's nothing you can do about it. And some people just never recover from that. Yeah. On the flip side of that, the people that do, and oftentimes very successful people do have, you know, some sort of like story like that. And from their position, they can then use it for so much good. Yeah. Like so much good because, because you, you understand that this person, you normalize this horrible thing and this person experienced that and they overcame it and they were able to accomplish all, all these things in your life. It inspires everybody else that has felt that level of pain. Yeah to also go, wow, you mean I, I can do that? All these feelings, all this pain, all of this stuff that's holding me back, you mean I can push well, through Well, one thing I always say is like, I, I didn't realize young, I mean, I'm just now like, goals are so important to me and I didn't realize how much I've always done them without knowing I was doing goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've always had big goals and if I let tragedy keep me from achieving those goals, cause some days like, you know, some people say, I'm just like, I'm I'm awake, I'm doing stuff, even though I have all this going on, I'm still doing stuff and that's good enough. And for me, I say, that's not good enough. Like push, like just push through it and you're gonna come out the other side and this tragedy will be in a learning experience for you. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Like this car accident, I'm so thankful for it. It changed my life mm-hmm. and it. I didn't feel that initially, like I had, driving anxiety for multiple years where I couldn't even drive a car. And the fact that I'm a real estate agent and drive a car is crazy to me now. Because if you'd asked me when I was 18 or after this accident, if I wanted to drive people around all the time or drive around different places, I'd have said, no, you can't even get me in the car. My, uh, My dad would come all the way from Browning to drive me back to Browning. Or my parents would have to drive me places um, or come pick me up to take me places because I could not get in the car and drive. It yeah. was just, I was too afraid of it. So in the same with, you know, still to this day, I'll be like, Dale can drive me. <laughs> and I'm good with that because I'm just not comfortable uh, in the car. But so I, I shouldn't through. put you in the driver's seat of the truck after this when we go to Women's yeah, Street and let probably you not. head on down the 101? <laughs> yeah. Not on in, this. In yeah. No, Fair yeah. Enough. If you want to okay, see me hyperventilate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here we are, you're, I mean, you're in a walker and you're getting used to just going up the stairs to your apartment. Like, where do you go from here? Like you have every excuse in the world to go backwards, mm-hmm. but you don't. Yeah. What's that look like? So I was really big in the beginning of like no pain meds. Like I can't, I got to pull mm. out of this quicker than most people because I don't have means to live right now. Like I'm, my parents are helping me and my mother is an absolute angel and has helped me through my whole life of financially like I need help, I need I needed rent, 
she pulled it off, you know, but. So let's, let's talk about that because I think there's a lot of people that might look at this situation as like, oh, well, mom and dad just wrote you a check. Like no. they sacrificed, sacrificed to do that. My mother, yeah. it, my parents don't come from money. And that doesn't make you feel very good. I know no, this. No, yeah, I hate it. And to this day, I mean, I work so, and I always say I work so hard right now um, and work so hard so my mother doesn't have to someday mm -hmm. because that woman is so amazing. Yeah. She has helped me when she'd go without so she could help me yeah. because she believed in me that much. And I mean, there's still, I mean, it wasn't, it's not like this, it ends. My mother's helped me so much, but again, they don't come from money. I don't come from money at all. It was just, she just sacrificed to help me. Yeah. Um, so in, in from this car accident too, I want to say I didn't, it's not like I got this big lawsuit or I won anything. Mm -hmm. Um, it actually put me more in debt and has followed me my whole life. Yeah. So it's not like I, out of this car accident, there came a lot of money because there wasn't any money that I really it wasn't like a it. rich kid in a Ferrari hit you. Like when I left, yeah. yeah uh, when after the accident, people would say, oh, you're going to be driving a Lamborghini soon. It's like, no, no, that didn't really happen. It put yeah. me more in debt because that was a lot of medical bills. And again, I, I didn't learn about like bills and mortgages and all this stuff when I was younger. So I didn't know. I didn't know how to handle that. If it was right now, I would know how to have not got into debt because of it. But yeah. It, it's followed me my whole life, my whole wow. life. So, um, I, so yeah, I just had to move quicker than most people. I couldn't milk it. There was no like, Oh, I'm going to just hang out here and be, you know, hurt for a while. I had to have multiple knee surgeries after, um, my knee is actually not even a whole knee. It's just a bunch of wires and plates. Hmm. So I don't even have a real kneecap either. Um, but I, got as well as I could. And where I really changed was, um, I went to get a job at a sushi restaurant in Missoula and I met the most amazing people that changed my life, um, John and Marion. Um, and Marion, I knew nothing about sushi again. I just come, I'm a girl came from the reservation. There's no sushi restaurants and I didn't really grow up around. There's a lot of people are going to say, wait, there's sushi restaurants in Montana. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they really kind of took a chance on me and like gave me a job to, to, um, work in a sushi restaurant, not knowing anything about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I started out there just kind of being a hostess because, again, I didn't know anything about sushi. I couldn't take an order. I didn't know what a maki, like I didn't know any of this stuff. So, um, but very quickly, and that seems to kind of be, I, I just quickly moved through things like, okay, I'm going to learn it and mm -hmm. then I'm going to go on. So I was being, I was a hostess and then I would, eventually I started serving during the day. I was the only server from like, I think I'd open, so I'd go there to open at 9 a.m., open the doors at like 10.30, and then I'd work until four, go home and change into my hostess uniform, be back there at five o'clock and stay there till 11. Wow. And I did that. So I that's what I did after I got in the car accident is I just, just worked through that. You didn't think about getting a job that maybe you could sit down at? No, <laughs> you, not, you my style. Don't have a leg. That's not my style. That's not your style. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, not my that. style. I gotta, and you can't, when you're sitting down, there's no double shifts. There's no way to, mm -hmm. you know, do that. And when I work, when I, the girl that walked into that restaurant is not the girl sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Not even, of course not. Yeah. yeah. She, I was super shy. 
if I was talk if you were talking to her right now, she'd have a really low voice, no confidence in myself. Um, and one thing as John was big about is um, me sticking up for myself. Like the restaurant industry industry that I've learned is very kind of mean. People are a little mean, mm-hmm. uh, and there was no different there. Like people were a little bit mean to me um, there, and John would witness things, and so he'd, and I can't really say, you know, on this, the things he'd tell me, but he would cuss at me. And I'd look at him like, oh my gosh, like that was really mean. He'd say, stick up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, stick up for yourself, Carrie. And so eventually, like initially, I was like, I could not stick up for myself, but he just pushed me to the point where it was like, I had to stick up for myself. And um, it was an amazing gift he gave me. And he'd always say, you, you're my diamond in the rough, like, or you, and he'd always say, you don't see who I see. Mm-hmm. And my husband says that to me a lot too, where I'm like, I don't know what you're seeing right now. Like people see me as confident and everything. I, I don't see that. It's like, I don't feel that person that people see. Yeah. So I, I learned something from that too. And it was the greatest gift anyone could give me. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you came out of this experience and, and you know what I love about this is there's always, there's people that show up in our lives and mentors and we kind of get caught up in the idea that, you know, really successful people got to be the people that make a big difference in my world, right? Like, you know, and, and listen, they do like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, you know, there's some, there's some amazing people out there that really do help people, but there's something about that human connection and somebody that, you know, personally that comes to you and sits you down and says, you know, like you said, do you see what I see? Yeah. And, and they change your life. They, they give you confidence. Yeah. Like it's real. It's, it's human to human. It's someone that you love and respect. And they just, they give that to you. Yeah. And, and you're right. It's such a gift. And I love the idea that, you know, oftentimes that there's the people that help us get to whatever this level is, they're not the same people that help us get to the next level, yeah. but without them, we would have never gotten to this level, yeah. which would have changed our confidence and allowed us the opportunity to get to the next level. Like, I hate when I hear people say that I'm self-made, I've done this all myself, and maybe you did to a certain perspective do a lot of things yourself. Maybe yeah. you grinded, maybe you took all the risk, but you can't you can't underestimate the power of all of these little things, all of the people in our lives that provide us with these these little these little things that help us with our confidence yeah. or they help us feel loved and that makes that that makes us feel empowered to take risks and yeah. there's so much there yeah i love that that's that story is part of your yeah. story so it was the beginning i mean uh, if i would not have been in the car accident if i would not have met john and marion and the great thing about marion was she taught me like class she taught me how to be how to be a strong woman and how to have class in it. Like she was, she is. Uh, John passed away last year and it was super heartbreaking for me in that like John was a workaholic. John worked so hard and I always wanted to send him on a vacation. Mm. He helped me in ways, um, you know, that I can't even put in words and I never really got to thank him. And is I, that where you get it from? You're a workaholic. <laughs> my parents are workaholics. Yeah. Uh, I seem to, and, and John really did teach me that too, but he also, when he died last year, he actually taught me something again. When he died in that, I thought he worked so hard, His, you know, as long as I knew him, he worked so hard and he didn't enjoy life. Mm. 
And I was kind of in a place at that time where I was in the same place where I wasn't enjoying life. And I was just working, working, working. And again, he taught me something when he died. And I think that's amazing, too, that he just never stopped teaching me. But I really wanted to give back to him. Mm -hmm. And I never got that chance. So that's one thing I'll always feel really bad about is just not being able to give back to him for everything he did for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have a chance to do some different things and, and pay him back. I'm guessing that from where he's sitting right now, he's looking down and wanting you to pay yourself back the way you wish you could pay him back. Mm -hmm. And, and, I, and I, a story comes to mind, and I think this is a good spot for it, is you, you told me, um, and you told Kyle, our, our CEO here at BTG, that you, you've bought tickets to a concert Will you tell the story? I'd rather yeah, come so from Britney you. Yeah, so Britney Spears, yeah, mm -hmm. and didn't get to go. And I've just always never, I mean, I was always so busy and always working and could never leave to do it. And I, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I love Britney Spears. And um, They just don't know why. <laughs> yeah, don't know why exactly, yeah, but I do, I love Britney. Yeah. Um, own it. Just oh, own I do, I do. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Um and I've never been able to go. Um, it's been twice now that so I. So you bought, like, literally really good tickets to Vegas, two years in a row, and you haven't gone. Yeah. And it's just because you get too caught too up. Too busy, in work. and then by the time it's coming, it's like, I can't leave. I can't leave if I, you know. And and not only that, I was, the past few years I've been working so much. Like, if I left to do that, that felt selfish because I wasn't even spending time with my family. Mm -hmm. I wasn't spending time with my children, my husband. So if I go to do this by myself um, and not even just hang out with my kids, that's another whole aspect to it. Yeah. I'm going this year. Yes, you are. I'm going. Yes. Well, you've got some accountability partners in your life right now <laughs> that are going to give yeah. you one hell of a hard time if you don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we, we come out of this job, which blows me away. I mean, you, you're on one leg and you're out. And, okay, so here, we, here yeah. we go. Like, where do we go from this point? Yeah, so that's when I kind of, things got a little bit more, I focused more personally. I met my husband mm -hmm. um, at that point, um, and we decided to move to Washington and go to school. Um, I went to school in medical stuff of all things um which is weird to me now to think about it because it so doesn't fit me um and we lived in uh spokane for a couple of years mm -hmm. and keely was born and then it was like you know i was away from my mother once you have children um you don't realize how much family is important like it's really great when you you know without him you get to go and do stuff you don't have to really worry about it but once i had my daughter it was like I want to share these moments with my mother. Like, mm -hmm. I want my mother, you know? Yeah. Uh, I want my sisters. I'm like, I want to be around my women, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had, you know, we had a great time in Washington, me and Dale, and then we moved back to Missoula. And then life just got, again, I mean, it was just kind of a lot of chaos. Um, I went back to school. I took, I was, I was going to school in the medical field, and I was almost done um, with that, it was in radiology. And then I'm like, I don't like this. This is not me. And I took an intro to business class and, oh my gosh, I loved it. I, um, had a professor teach it. Her name's Nikki and she's still to this day. I absolutely love her. But 
she just got me so excited into business and I'm like, I love this stuff. Hmm. So I, I switched, switched roles and I went into business. Um, I was going to school and Dale built gym floors and he was gone Monday through Friday. At this point we had Keeling Connor. Um, Keely was two years old. Connor was a newborn and I was full time in college. Worked at a, um, did an internship at a uh, accountant's office and I won an amazing or I applied for an amazing um, human resource uh, internship at DirecTV. Um, so I was doing all of those things as well. Mm. And Dale was gone Monday through Friday. So there so were yet another. I, I, I just want to point this out because yet another perfectly viable excuse to just not seek out your own passion. A couple of you know, you got two kids now. You've got a husband Babies. that's that's you know, that's working. I mean, this is yet another place where a lot of people would just be like, you know, like I've got every excuse in the book. Like I, I, I'm just going to hang back. Yeah. And you know what? No judgment for those people that do that. But what we're really talking about here is goals, right? Like perseverance and passion and wanting to achieve. And you're an achiever. Like you are an achiever. Like you're, you're very driven. And I, I love this because it's just one thing after another. Like if we looked at your, your life even to this point as a filtering process, we would have filtered out probably 99% of people already. Yeah. Maybe 99.9%. But the thing was, I didn't, at that point, I didn't realize what I was doing. Like I was just doing it. It was like, okay. And I, like I said, I didn't understand goals at that point, but I knew like looking back, I always had big goals. Mm-hmm. I've always had big goals and I always knew what I wanted. I just didn't know, I didn't speak the language yet to know what, why I was doing this. How do you interpret that? Because this is a really cool thing that you just said. I didn't speak the language yet. Yeah. Tell people what you mean by that. I, you know, I just, until you, f- you realize what goals means, like truly, like you can share all these inspirational things on mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Cut all your stuff out of the magazines and yeah. glue them on a board. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but until you truly understand goals and what that means and, and that you can you can achieve a goal by just believing in it. Like, I mean, you have to work for mm-hmm. it, but I mean, you can achieve anything you want. And I never, I didn't realize that at that time, it was just like, oh, like I want this, but I probably won't be able to do it, but I'm just gonna push through and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And what I learned on every step of my life is, yeah, I pushed through and I got it. Like I got what I wanted Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of hard work and dedication and a lot of people thinking I was crazy. And the, you know, the theme of my life has always kind of been people are saying, especially once I had children of like, what are you doing? Like your husband is gone Monday through Friday. I was, I mean, I, I remember on an accounting test, I missed it by a penny. So I, had 24 hours to fix it or I would fail that class I had two little kids my kids were still toddlers they were just babies I put them to bed I stayed up all night and went all the way back a whole semester's work of accounting to go back to fix that one penny the professor when I had missed it he said I guess I'll see you next semester no like no Mm -hmm. way am I doing that so I walked in there the next day I couldn't even drive I was so tired one of my classmates picked me up took me there handed in I fixed it it was like I'm not coming back I fixed the darn penny you wanted how long did it take you to do that all night 
and I had two little kids that and there's no when you have little toddlers there's no like mom's tired you know I sit up all night I gotta sleep so I was up I I was up all that day up all that night fixing this semester I mean you just think about that a whole semester's worth of work Mm -hmm. fixed in one night the thing the I dropped my kids off at school they went to school at 8 a.m. I went home and did it my class was at 10 a.m. I was fried at that point so I had one of my classmates pick me up I handed it in um, and had to go on with the rest of the day with school it was finals week had to keep going through the rest of that day Mm -hmm. pick my kids up from school until they went to bed and then I got to go to sleep yeah and and that's what I'm people have always what are you doing like you have little kids what are you doing? But and, yeah. and I want to have this conversation with you. And, and if I'm just being really honest, um, I'm nervous just being a being a male and, and the climate being what it is. Um, but I'm going to do it because I, I think that, you know, and, and I think the people that know me best know that I'm coming from a place of love and contribution and and want to understand. Um, but there is a lot of this. Right. And you and I talked about it before that, you know, it's different for women. And it is different for women. And there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of judgment and there's and there's a lot of that that goes on. Tell me about that. Help me understand the perspective, because I don't know. All I have is is my perspective. But it is every experience on Earth is very different for the woman Mm -hmm. than it is for the man. And I think that we're starting to have like an awareness around this right now about uh, about you know why that is Mm -hmm. but you and I talked about this very briefly it's just like what is it to be a woman in business I mean we fast forward now and you know here you are in real estate and you've done mortgages and you've you know you've just keep you just keep clawing up this ladder yeah like yeah so no and and that's why I say is you know people so if we fast forward to even like in within mortgages um and I was working long late hours and um I always say people will look at like if if you were doing that, someone would say, Brandon is such a great provider, such a great provider. What a good man he is. Right. When I'm doing that, it's like, where's your kids? Why aren't you with your kids? Mm-hmm. What about your kids? And my thing is always they have a dad and they have an awesome dad. Like what was really great is that I was, you know, Dale would take the kids to go to, to do fun things and I'm at work which there's some guilt to that. And there's a lot of moments where I'm like, I missed going to the WWE show while they're dressed up in costumes with their signs. And Dale has these great memories of parks and they all have their little nicknames of the different parks in Missoula that I'm not a part of. I don't, I'm, no, mm-hmm. I'm not a part of those memories and I'm not a part of that knowing, I'm not in the in with that stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I've, I've worked really hard to provide for them and um, and that's got to be worth something. Sure and again, does. if I was yeah. the husband, if people wouldn't look at it the same. But and like I said, is that's even within real estate, like I'll answer the phone. If I answer the phone late, someone will say, oh, I didn't think you'd answer. I thought you'd be with your kids. But if you answered your phone late, people probably wouldn't say that. Yeah, you're always working, man. You're always on. It would be you're right. It would be a completely different. You, conversation. He would be a, like, what a great guy. What a great mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But for me, it's like, well, you better take care of your kids. You know, I hear that more than anything of like, oh, what about your kids? Why aren't you with your kids? Yeah. Do you think 
now, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this happens because both men and women have probably said that to you, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mostly so, women. Yeah, and and I was gonna, I was gonna point that out. Like, how many of, you know, how much of this comes from women? How much Mostly of this women. comes from men? And like a lot of times we can boil this down to judgment, right? Like any, anytime we're judging somebody else for whatever it is, it's, it's usually we're, we're holding up a mirror to our inadequacies as, as people. And we, it's easier for us to judge others, um, without really understanding. It just makes us feel better. Mm -hmm. It just, it makes us feel better to, to judge instead of to really understand. Like I got a feeling a lot of people envy you that cast judgment on you. I, I really do. I, I think that this is quite common that people, you know, when they when they look at someone and go, wow, like, look at the decisions and look at the powerful, you know, professional, successful individual like, OK, this they didn't take my path. Yeah. Um, I think deep down they are envious. Yeah. And that comes out as judgment. And because they want to justify what they're doing in their life. And there's nothing wrong with what they're doing mm -hmm. in their life. But this comparison, this this idea of constant comparison of ourselves to others is just it's a toxic, yeah. toxic thing that we do in society. Yeah. Like, why? What does it matter? Why can't you go be whatever it is that you want to be? Why can't you work hard? Why can't you do all of those things? Or Absolute if you want to be a stay at home mom, that's an amazing job in itself. I did it for one year and that is crazy. Yeah, and this but, isn't uh, but a I rally, but I rally around them too. Like yeah. I mean, all women, and that's always been my thing. Is like, uh, and not only women, but a lot of women. I like we can all do this. We can all do good. We can all lift each other up. We can all be there and support each other. But um, when you have another woman who's kind of tearing you down for something, that's pretty hurtful. And I make a point to rally again for all women. I don't care what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rally you and I'm going to support you in what you do. So yeah, in you absence know, it, of, of judgment. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I think what, what people will be like, oh, well, you're you're ragging on the stay at home mom. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like If that's what you're hearing, like you need to you know, like yeah. you need to go look at the mirror and go, man, what like what? How am I filtering the stuff that hits my ears? Yeah. Um, because this isn't about that at all. This is just about an acceptance of, of the work in any capacity or the focus in any capacity that we that we want to commit to. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, and it really, with doing mortgages is where it got the, I feel like that's really when I started feeling that of like, what are you doing? Like, you have kids, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and as I've gone, it just kind of feels like it gets more and more of, you know, and there's a lot of mom guilt. I call it mom guilt all the time. Mom guilt, I can't, you know, go read in my kids' class three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I drop them off on wrong days of school. <laughs> Some days, I mean, I do, like, I'm a busy mom, you mm -hmm. know. Some days I forget to pay for pictures. Some days, you know, they don't get to wear the theme day because I didn't know. Um, there's a whole... A whole little thing with that yeah and you know what there's like likely half moms out there going oh my gosh I've totally done the same yeah. thing and they like would never say it on a live podcast yeah. right and well, then there's the other half that are gonna argue for their limitations and go you know 
because they're they have some insecurities wrapped or up around the fact that maybe they're not working and they are doing all of that stuff and then they cast judgment yeah and and there's some of them that do that too and don't cast judgment yeah it, it's just a, it's a really interesting complex thing that i i really don't know yeah. that that much about i really don't have an understanding i can see it you know i'm certainly more aware of it now than i ever was before mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm definitely I think my my wife would even agree that I'm very, very conscious of trying to be an advocate um, for for women, especially, you know, I was raised by women, yeah. my, my mother and my grandmother, my only sibling is my so little tell sister. That about you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just a, I'm a strong believer in, in the power and strength of women. And, and I think this is a great conversation right now because we actually you and I will be attending the Women of Strength event tomorrow morning mm-hmm. in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I'm excited for you to be a part of that. Um, because I think that it's a very empowering event. It's an event that empowers women. But listen, I, I mean, I've been to this event, I don't know, five times now. And I walk out of there with 12, 15 pages of notes and I'm, I'm inspired. Like, yeah. I'm inspired. Because, I mean, we break it down, we make it a place for, you know, for celebrating the strength of women. But in, in reality, it's like, I think women have a tendency to represent human perseverance at the highest level. Yeah, there's some strong women out there. There really is. There is that even make me look like, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. There's some strong women and it's amazing. It's really amazing, it's empowering. It is. I love it. So we get into mortgages and like take me through this this deal. Like, I mean, give me the cliff notes of how you got from, you know, this hostess job into, you you went into the business, you know, Yeah, so I went to college and, yeah, so I mean, I'm just gonna fast forward. College was college. I worked really, really hard. Um, okay, whoa, like, cause you can't say <laughs> college was college. <coughs> I worked really hard. I honestly, that's not part everybody's of it is I can't remember it. College, like, um, when it, you say college is college, for most people, it means like partying all the time. Yeah, it no, certainly doesn't mine. mean I was working all the time. No, I was uh, in college. I was working or doing internships is what I was doing um, in raising little babies. Um, so, it, oh, but you know, college was college. Yeah, it was college. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, so I shifted into business. And the one thing is, I'm like, okay, I'm going into business. I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, this is going to be great. This is the program you do if you want to be, you know, Bill Gates. Like, this is what you do. And I almost feel like I was told that too of like, you're going into business. This is going to be great. So I graduate, and um, that wasn't what happened. Um, I was actually doing an internship at DirecTV, and I'm like, some of these guys have master's degrees in business, and they're working here making $13 an hour. Like, whoa, I just spent $50,000 to get this degree, and now what? And Missoula was super competitive. I mean, it's a university town. You're Mm -hmm. competing with master's degrees. You're some pretty awesome people. So it kind of got to the point of like, am I staying here? Am I leaving here? And I still remember the moment of like, I was freaking out. I'm like, I don't have a job yet. I'm a couple months out of school. I haven't found anything. I called my dad, who is... um, when I need a really good pep talk and I need someone who's just going to ground me and make me see, I call my dad and I called him crying and upset. Like, I don't have a job yet. Like I, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What do I do here? And 
uh, he was in an airport somewhere, and um, he said, you know, Carrie, you just, you go take whatever. You go take it, and you just build off of it, and you'll get where you're going to get. And I mean, it was much more deep than that, but he just said, go, like, just go do it. Go do it. You can do it. What year was this that you graduated? Oh, my gosh. Tough question. Roughly. Uh, 12, 2012. Oh, okay. So that wasn't that wasn't too long ago. Um, yeah, I remember. Maybe 10. 12, 10 to 12, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was coming out of college, even in, you know, 04, you know, we were really, you know, that decade there between, you know, call it 97-ish all the way through to, you know, the end of the, the 2000s. That was the, really that, like, the most transitional time for we started to realize, like, a college degree doesn't mean the same thing that it used to. Yeah. Right? And that, I, listen, if you're out there and you're going to give me a hard time for saying that, then, you know, that's fine. But the reality of it is, is it doesn't do what it was meant to do a long time ago. So what do you think is missing? Because your dad said it to you, like, you got to go do something and then you got to build from that. And I love that you said that because this is the key component of what's missing with most of our workforces today. And listen, don't don't type anything about millennials in the comment section here. Like, don't do that. Because this isn't, that's not what this conversation is about. This conversation is about all people being very unwilling to get into something and build off it. Work. Work to get to the top. Everyone wants to, like, just start as Bill Gates. Yeah. They don't want it. They don't realize, like, Dale tells me all the time, you know, people don't realize, they didn't see, like, the story I'm telling today. Most people just think, oh, I just kind of fell into all this. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more deeper than we're even going or could go into today. Right. Of all the hard work that I've done, the late hours, the tears, the everything that came with getting to where I am, and I'm not even done. Like, I've just scratched the surface, you know, yeah. of where I'm going. But You know how a lot of people say that, and I don't believe them? Like, when you say it, it may, like, I almost <laughs> just want to get out of your way. <laughs> yeah. Out of my way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so they just you just have to like work, just work from the bottom, and that's kind of what I did. So I I started working in a mortgage company. I was hired um, to answer the phones for three hours a day, making like nine dollars an hour, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and really quickly, I went from answering phones to working full time as the um, office assistant or whatever Mm -hmm. um i again knew nothing about mortgages didn't even know what a mortgage was or what that meant um but i knew how to run a business i went to business school i knew how to answer the phones i knew how to make copies um and on my spare time i read about mortgages i read everything i could to know what's a mortgage what does all of this mean and how do you do this and one of the processors had been like really sick for like a good month or so and I just went in there and I picked it up like just ran with it so Mm -hmm. uh, figured out how to do things I'd call I I had met people within the mortgage company or the mortgage business who I could call and not sound dumb and just say what is you know what does it mean to get a condition or you know something just simple mm-hmm. like what does that mean fill in the one million yes and so I could just terms. be like oh yeah so I did that and um one of the the lenders there, Ostrid uh and I'm going to speak for her for a minute I think she just kind of saw something in me and so she'd asked me if I wanted to be her junior and 
um, because I just kind of picked that up and just ran with it and kind of, they had no processor for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shout so. Shout out to Ostrid Oliver at Opportunity Bank those, in Missoula, Montana. She's actually commented a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's really like, uh, if you talk about strong women, oh my gosh, like Ostrid, Kathy Earl too. Like Kathy taught me so much about money and things of that like these women these women have molded a lot of who i am too that's amazing um and so yeah so ostrid had um just asked me to to be her junior and so we did that we worked really well together i learned so much from her so much from her she was really great in that um she's really good at telling you like how you can do things better and kind of you know criticizing but then it'd be like, once she told me what I did wrong, I'd fix it and it was all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did that for a while and they just couldn't keep a processor in that, uh, within that company. Mm-hmm. So I had been approached to be a processor for everyone. And initially it was like, oh gosh, no, like that is the most thankless job in the world. <laughs> like. It always, you know, you're like this middle, you're making things happen, but nobody really thanks you. It's always the loan officer and the underwriter. Right. You're kind of the abused one in the, the <laughs> within it. Uh, um, so always thank your processors. Um, but so anyway, I did that for a while. That one, that was, that was a struggle. I mean, I, I loved the job, but like I said, it's very thankless. Um, but you did it. I and, I, and I'm guessing that you did it really, really well. Yeah, I. it was really great to see. Like, I've looked back. I was recently, last time I moved, I had all of my um, my W-2s from, like, forever. And to look back and see how, when I started there and the amount of money I made the next year, I was always going up. Like, always. And I've always kind of just climbed a ladder pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did there. So, uh so the idea, and this is what I think that we, we should highlight in this section, is because because pe- people have lost the concept of working up the ladder, right? It, and it doesn't mean the ladder within one organization or one corporation yeah. or whatever. And you, Like maybe you get into a corporation and you're like, I don't want to work up the ladder. That, that doesn't have to be the ladder that we're talking about, right? Like you can learn from this situation yeah. and you can work hard and you can get promoted or maybe not. And but you can use the skills and the things that you learn from this situation. They're going to help you in your next situation. And this is the building part of what I think that we miss in society right now. And and listen, I understand there's a lot of people out there that just feel generally disempowered. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that partially that is a construct of our society. It, it, it's a tough. This is tough. Capitalism is tough. Not everybody's really made for this. I mean, generally, we're, we're tribal as humans. We're yeah. not really like this is this maybe isn't the best thing for us. That's for another podcast. Maybe not this one. Yeah. Um, but the idea here is is lost among many people that, you know, I've got to go and I've got to build skill sets. I've got to yeah. learn. I've got to learn how to interact with people. I've got to. You said one thing a second ago where you're like you weren't in mortgages and you spent all of your spare time learning. Yeah. You know, I don't know very many people out there in the world right now. I know a lot of people that say they want more in their life. I don't know a lot of people that will put that into action by taking their spare time 
and committing their spare time to creating more in their life, whether it's a better understanding for another opportunity or whatever it is. But that's what people are looking for. Like, that's what businesses look for. That's what business owners like me look for. That's what that's what much larger organizations look for. They look for the people inside of their organization that want to meet and exceed the expectations of the position, that demonstrate the the uh, I don't uh, the the demonstrate the ability to work harder, to to want more for their lives. And th- listen, there's a lot of people that want more for their lives. There's very few people that do anything about yeah. it because they feel like, well, I, if I do my job and I do my job well, then I should be rewarded for yeah. that, which you are in a paycheck. In a paycheck. And we talk about this all the time in our organization is uh, there's the tasks of the job and those you'll be paid a paycheck for. Yeah. And then there are the additional opportunities, the growth opportunities within our organization and we and we refer to that as the career if you would like you know the opportunity to grow your career then you've got to meet and exceed the expectations of the job tasks and help us build Mm -hmm. and I don't think people really feel that way they don't want to work for something they want the guarantee before the work and business owners don't get that ever like matter of fact they accept a ton of risk to build something because they got to build it on their their dime and their time and it might not work yeah and when you when you approach any situation, so anyone that's that's listening to this that's in a job right now, whether you like the job or not, there's opportunity there, yep. and it and it's likely not presenting itself because you haven't shifted your mindset to allow it yeah. to present itself to you. Like you're gonna have to participate in that. Yeah, and like you said, it doesn't have to be that job with that company. Exactly. It just is. I mean, everything I've done has led me to the point I yeah. am right now. And we're cruising through the trajectory <coughs> of your professional life and your personal life as well. Yeah. But I want to point out the idea too. It's like there, there might be some people that are inspired by this conversation and they might go out and work really, really hard next week. And by next Friday, they're going like, I can't believe I don't have a promotion yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because that's also like another layer of how messed up this is right now is you're going to have to work hard and work hard for a long time to get yeah. noticed because a lot of people will work hard for a week or a yeah. month or even six months. And sometimes you don't even get noticed. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to notice it yourself, but you learn But even by you just working really hard, you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. And then you take that skill and you take it where you're going to be noticed. Yeah. So you may not, I mean, you can go work really, really hard for a year and maybe you don't get noticed, but that just means that that you just go on to something, go go find what you want to do mm-hmm. and go like you've learned something, nothing, you can learn from anything you do. Absolutely yeah. anything you do. There's something to learn from it. There really is. And we talk about in the business world all the time that success is sequential. It's not simultaneous. And when you say that, sometimes people go, one, well, what does sequential mean? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But the the idea of effort over time is is one of the one of the it's a secret ingredient to success. It's just not a secret. It's just the thing that most people won't accept that I've got to give effort over time. And time is not a week or a month or six months, like I've, I've really got to give effort. Like careers have a tendency to snowball and Silicon Valley and, and you know, a lot of the dot-com stuff. And it, I mean, it's given us a different perspective. It's given society a different perspective. It's like, oh, so outside of the lottery, there are other ways to get rich quick, yeah. but there's not a lot. 
And still, the majority of people that change their lives, that change the financial trajectory of their career, that provide for their families in ways that we could only imagine towards the latter part of the, their lives and as their 30s you know, go on, 40s, 50s, we start to see the, the, the sequential nature of their effort starts to snowball. Yeah. And it starts to give you so much more. Yeah. And we're losing that now. But it's not instant. And I just think we're just an instant society. We are. Like everything's so instant. I want it now. If I don't have yeah. it now, then it's not worth it. And that's, there's a big disconnect of where we are in society right now. Because for the most part, we can have almost anything that we want now. Mm-hmm. Or in general terms, you know, now. I mean, you can order something on Amazon and have it like later yeah. today if you yeah. want it. Maybe not in Montana, but yeah. <laughs> you know, in the big metropolitan yeah, we're areas. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, I gotta wait two days yeah, for oh that? My oh my god! You goodness. know, it used to be like, well, it's shipping in seven to ten days yeah. and two to four weeks for delivery, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, but yeah, and, and anything else, information, we can go straight to the internet and get almost any piece of information that we want. And you're right, anywhere in our lives we can have what we want almost instantaneously except in our careers. Yeah. That takes a certain amount of self-awareness and understanding yeah. of time over task well, over so time. I say, if you'd have told that girl working at that hotel as a night auditor, I'd be where I am right this moment. There's no way I'd have, I would have envisioned that. But yeah. I just pushed, pushed through it. So, yeah. So I, I did mortgages. And then um, I, Austria had left Opportunity. And um, we are leaving. And... Um, are going to opportunity from the mortgage company we were with. And I had stayed back to help close some of her stuff, Mm -hmm. but I was also going. And I had been approached to um, get into real estate, not an out of mortgages. And initially I'm like, oh no, I know nothing about real estate. Um, But This is funny because you went to business school and you get a master's in business, like a lot of people with master's yeah. in business, and they come out here. No, I didn't completely. have a master's. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. You went into you went into, but, but it's there's there's a correlation here because you go, a lot of people go into business school because they think they're going to be rich entrepreneurs. They yeah. get the education, um, the four year education or whatever it is, and then they come out here and they realize that wow, most of that uh, that most of that doesn't even apply no. to what it's going to take to actually build a business. Yeah. I mean, you, you understand like some structural concepts about business, but for the most part, like you're not equipped to actually build. It's like real estate school. That's where I was going yeah. with this. <laughs> now you choose real estate. So you, you, like, you yeah. with this business thing, now you're at real estate where you're almost going to go down and participate in that exact same deal again. And I understand why you did because you're a worker, because yeah. you're an achiever, because well, you're like, willing to do the hard stuff. This is something new. I might as well try it. I can always fall back on, on something right. else. But right. one thing in my life is I never go back. Like once I go forward, mm-hmm. there's no going back for me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, I'll see what this is like um, and kind of go from there and yeah. see. Now that's relatively recent. Well, not relatively recent because you started in, was it transaction management and, and some different things. Well, Tell me about yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, and again, it was like mortgages, like what the heck? Like you do mortgages, you don't understand the real estate side. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole other oh, part of this. But you say this. you do and you think you do. Yeah. And then the agents say, yeah, there's an no. interesting in deal the, there. It's so funny because <laughs> I used to always say, um, what do those real estate agents do like all day? All they do is call and bug me about 
when things are closing <laughs> and they do nothing. And yeah. now it's all funny because I always tell people, I'm so sorry I said that. Like, <laughs> there's a lot that real estate agents do. So all the mortgage people know that they really do do something. It's mm-hmm. not like what we think when mortgages, like, you're just sitting there collecting paychecks, doing nothing. Yeah. There's a lot to do. So, yeah, I had another learning curve to do um, to kind of learn that part but in my fashion i just quickly tried to learn how to do this and what to do Mm -hmm. um and just kind of went so i went from transaction coordinator um and then did some osa work um i quickly learned i loved the phones like yeah so osa is outside sales associate mm -hmm. right Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, we, even when I was a transaction coordinator, I was making prospecting calls yeah. out. Um, quickly learned I loved it. Like, I love those calls. Which puts you in the 0.001% that loves those calls. Yeah. yeah. It was so funny. I Someone the other day said, would you ever make, like, political calls? I'm like, I love making phone calls. I'm sure I'd love to do that too. <laughs> but where most people are like, I don't want to do that job. <laughs> um, there's just something I, I love about, you know, having these conversations with people um, on the phone. I don't, it's one of those, like I said, within mortgages, I love that conditions list mm-hmm. of like, check it off, check it off, mm-hmm. check it off. Progress, kind of the same, progress, same yeah. feeling of like, there's just something about like when you make a call and you talk to someone and I just love the feeling of it. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so I did that, um, as an OSA, I worked with a buyer's agent, um, who we had a really good flow going. Like I was setting them up. She was closing them. Like we Mm -hmm. were just doing really good and she'd moved, um, out of town. So she'd moved away. And so it was just time to jump into sales. And that was November of last year that I started sales myself. And uh, yeah, it was, it's been a, it was a wild year. I mean, I I worked a lot of hours. I did a lot of selling. It was, it was really good. I've um, closed on my own over 30 at this point. I'm not done to my one year. Mm -hmm. My one year is November. Okay. Um, So... Yeah, it was really good. So in your first year, you're going to do roughly, what, between 30 and 40 clients represented Mm -hmm. to a closing. That's pretty impressive. I mean, if we're being really honest, most real estate agents struggle to get four, five, six, seven, eight deals in their first year. Yeah. Like, and you're going all the way up to 30. Now, there's there's some circumstances there that allow you to do that. And there's, you know, one of the things that I want to tie this back to is this thing that you said about, you know, for a couple years in a row, you've bought tickets to go to Las Vegas and do this thing that you really want to do, um, which is <laughs> see Britney Spears mm-hmm. in concert, right? And you haven't done it. And I think what one of the things that you've learned along this journey is that real estate's a team sport. Oh, yeah. And it's not just a team sport in the sense of like camaraderie or anything like that, but being a, being successful in this industry means you're highly leveraged. Yeah. means that there's balance in your life. And you're starting to feel that now. Yeah. You're starting to feel the way that you can do more and have more time yeah, for yourself. Yeah, it was like I said when I went to, I took my family to Silver Mountain and left my cell phone in the hotel. was right. like, holy cow. And it's just all, yeah, I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about it. It was an amazing feeling. I mean, there, I really hit a point last year. It was, it was a rough year. I mean, it was mm-hmm. rough. I... I have a really good friend of mine, Christy. She's I've known her since I was little. 
she's she has no problem in telling me the honest to god truth mm -hmm. and it's good to have those friends so good mm -hmm. yeah she scares me a little bit sometimes <laughs> but um w she came to breakfast with me and my family and uh, we went and had breakfast and we left and she said carrie like that was awful that was awful to watch and i can't say it just like her because it's a little bit rougher than what i'm going to say but mm -hmm. she said your family's sitting there talking to you and your phone rings and you pick it up and you're on your phone the entire time and she said if you would have saw the way your husband and your kids looked mm -hmm. at you doing that and at this point i wasn't selling either for myself i was working for someone else like i was mm -hmm. you know not yeah. We, we've all shared, well, like anyone who's really achieved at a high level in real estate has shared this experience with you. I, I still remember getting up from every, and I would, you know, my wife just kind of understood that we were working for something, that I was working for something much bigger than myself. And it was much bigger than just this day to day, nine to five. Like I wanted my life to look different in five years. I wanted it to look dramatically different in 10 years. And if I was going to do that for us, that was going to require me to do some different things now. It's like Dave Ramsey says, yeah. you know, right? Live like no one else today yeah. so that you can live like no one else can live tomorrow. Yeah. And that, that means you're going to have to do some different things and make some sacrifices and ruffle some feathers. And that's like, that is a shared thing. Like Kyle, you know, like Kyle and I have talked to you about this before that, I mean, there were times when it was like our wives would have loved to have just taken our heads off yeah. because we're just constantly engaged and we're, con and, and we're, you know, we're doing the things that we are today and we're much more present now today as a result of getting through all of that. And I don't think a lot of people realize the effort that it takes and the sacrifices that you're going to have to make yeah. to be like truly successful as an entrepreneur. I've said this before on this podcast, entrepreneurship does not fit within the hours of nine to five. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. So that support system yeah. has got to be like real around you. It has to. Now be, yeah. I want to pull this kind of full circle because I'm not I'm I'm not an advocate for this being the way life is at all. Yeah. I, I I built a business specifically so that agents would not have to live that way. Yeah. And here's the here's the thing, it's good, in my opinion, to have experienced that. It's really important that if you're going to do that, if you're going to experience that, if you're going to make those sacrifices, then you fully do it. Yeah. And you make sure that you come out the other side. And you that make was sure that you're rewarded for that. Is when I was, it was a total wake-up call for me in that moment of, because at that time I wasn't selling real estate. I was making 30000 a year. Mm -hmm. like, and I'm spending day and night working, um, taking care of transactions, taking care of, problems like I was working a lot of hours but my family was starving like there was it was if Gotta you're do it. if you're doing that and it's not like there's no compensation to it then things have to like change a little bit like okay how can I make more money like this is fine I have an amazing family my husband my kids like they let me shine they let me go they let me work like mm -hmm. they know how I am but I need to do this in a way that I'm going to be able to live comfortably. And so selling real estate had to be the way to go. Right. Like I had to go do that myself. If I'm going to work all these hours working on stuff, I have to do this for myself. It's got to have a big impact on your wallet at yeah. some point or another. Because yeah. otherwise, how do you tell your husband, your wife, like, 
I got to work, you know, uh, all weekend, all week. You guys aren't going to see me. Yeah. Well, there's no money. There's no food in the fridge and there's no <laughs> lights mm -hmm. on, you know, like you have to, there has to be something to give back to your family. Like, right. To do that, there has to be something. Otherwise, there's no point in doing that. You, you're on the wrong path if you're not compensating that yeah. kind of work. Yeah. So <coughs> you and I meet, and we have some really, really great conversations about life and about business and our business model and and really how it's set up to help like high, high achievers um, succeed not only from a financial perspective but from a balance and leverage perspective yeah um, and you know here we are yeah now you're you know you're heading up you're with with a with another great person in Mike you're heading up this whole Montana expansion yeah. um, and what that means um, how do you feel about this like oh where gosh. you're at now yeah I, I mean I'm so excited and it's like I I've said I'm not, it's just the beginning. Like me and Mike have talked about, it. I can't wait to look back in a year and just like where we've come. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, this is completely different. It feels so great. And I'm super excited that what we're going to be able to do for Montana and be able to do for, um, you know, future clients and people and the uh, customer service we're going to be able to bring is mm -hmm. so amazing. Like, I'm just, I'm really excited to do that. Yeah. I'm excited for this journey as a whole. I mean, you know, meeting you and Kyle has been absolutely amazing and I could not imagine, but it's kind of like when I told you how things kind of fall into place and you don't realize they're just falling into place. I don't mm -hmm. think I'm a big believer in fate and every year I swear I get more and more like, Everything is kind of mapped out if you go on that path. Um, this was just meant to be, and this was the next level. I mean, it's leveling up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, I'm a believer in that if you do the right things, you say the right things, and you speak, you know, you're, you speak from an authentic, you know, place in your heart, you're, you're going you're gonna to attract people that, think the same way that you do, that speak the same way, that see the world the same way, that do want the same things that you do. And that attraction of tribe is is an important element to everybody succeeding. It's an important element of BTG real estate in that how we do that has a tendency to draw in like-minded people that all want the same thing and are willing to work together to achieve it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's where we're at now. And, you know, I, I think back on, you know, the the set of events that has led us to get into to business together and multiple other people in our business and I think I mean was that really by mistake yeah. like I, I can't I, I mean I really can't just go well oh, you know that was just dumb luck yeah I, it because when you look at the circumstances and the experiences and the, all the different things that each each of us individually has has been through and the similarities there and how we have managed to come together it's an it, Every one of us has had to step out of our comfort zone, verbalize who we are, and stand for who we are at some point or another, and vocalize that in a very vulnerable situation so that the other people that want to be in our tribe could hear us and yeah. know who we are, know that we're part of each other's, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a really unique thing that's happened here yeah. yet again. And Well, and I sat in the, the, the meeting this morning, and I'm like, 
these are my people. Like, <laughs> this is home. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And, um, yeah. I'm well, when you hear things can't be done a certain way over and over and over again, and then you come down here and you see that they yeah, can. Yeah, it can happen. It's like, it it's can. inspiring. You start to go, wow. And that's what I've said is, you know, I've told you before, the way that you run um, the team, it, it's not it – sh- it, it just – I saw it in a different way. Everyone, just like how I talked about with like women, where I'm like, we all can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to cut each other down so that one of us can get ahead. Um, and it's the same within a team. Like, we all can do this together, and we can all win. And it doesn't have to be um, competitive in that way of like, only I can do that, or only you can do that, and I either have to take out your legs, mm-hmm. or you're gonna take out my legs from under me. You said something to me earlier today that I kind of want to finish today on, and that was that, um, you know, this trip for you, you, I mean, I, for the most part, you've trusted me. Trust but verify. You've trusted me and, and my vision and, and what we're doing as a business. You've seen it in action now from, you know, from an expansion location. But you said something really interesting to me uh, today and that it's been really nice to see that what I've sold to you and what I talk about within our business, it's real. It's real. And, and, it, and it made me think of something because there's a lot of chess beaters out there. There's a lot of people that are out there beating their chest, talking about how amazing their businesses are and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, they're running really like weird models. They're having high turnover. They're not, they're not really helping people. Their businesses are barely profitable. They're having to make all of, you know, they can't ever sit down and make it about somebody else because they're in scarcity mode. They're in yeah. fear mode. And that was one of the things that many people told me that I couldn't do yeah. when we started this business the way I wanted to do it. The people would line up around the building to tell me the way I wanted to do this didn't work yeah. or wouldn't work. Um, and here we are. And I'm just really glad and I'm thankful and I'm not, you know, this is, this is really about like, I'm really thankful for our people in our organization because this isn't about me. This is, this is 100% about them. When I sell this vision, when I sell this business, when I talk about what we do, what I'm really doing, I'm not selling myself. I'm selling all the people in our organization and their commitment to it and what they do. And it, like when you say, when you got to see it in action today, it's fun because I see it on a regular basis. Yeah. And when I see it through your eyes for the first time, yeah. it's like the first time I took my wife to Glacier National Park. I've been there a yeah. hundred times. It's Glacier to me, right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Sure. Yeah. I've been here. Oh, yeah. And then I take my wife there and I'm like, oh yeah, it this is place really is crazy cool, cool yeah. right? Well, and, in looking, you know, and I told Kyle today when I went into your guys' office, I was like, I laughed because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I keep waiting and looking for something to say. You, go ahead and say what you told me today. It's yeah, fine. I like, I feel like this, like, and, and how I envision it, I'm a little, I'm visual, is like the little girl, like looking around the corner, like waiting for these faces to turn into monsters. Right, waiting for the monsters to come Yeah, out. like yeah. waiting to see the real face right. of Brandon and Kyle. Like, yeah. I talked to you guys on the phone, I've, I've seen you, I've talked to you in person, and it's all really great, but I'm waiting, like, okay, when am I gonna see the real little monsters yeah. here? And then I Pay can no be justified. Pay no attention to the man yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go into your office, you and Kyle's office, and it's as big as this table, mm-hmm. <laughs> and simple. So simple. Mm-hmm. There's no show. There's no. There's no show to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and I'm like this. Okay, I was, I was really hoping I'd walk into this grand office where it says 
Brandon Tracy is awesome Never. and the best. You're making me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. And it wasn't there. And then I hear your all the agents who are uh, another great thing is they're well-rounded. Like they're not there's no holding back within like I went over today with the the 90 day that they go through mm -hmm. and just kind of see so we can, you know, implement that in Montana. And they're well-rounded. There's no holding back, like like I'm saying, of, oh, if they learn this, then I won't be better, you know? Mm -hmm. There's no holding back on that. And the mm -hmm. way that they they rally, they're happy people. Like, there was not an energy in the room that was sitting there, like, feel like they're taken advantage of and they're miserable and they're not happy. They're all so happy and great energy and yeah. that's what I strive off of is that great energy yeah and they have their days we all have our days where we're where we're not happy but what we've created is a, a real culture a lot of a lot of business talk about our culture our culture and it, like we have a real one like yeah. it's one you can feel you can like we talk about all the time when you're down when you're feeling out you actually come to work you yeah. come to BTG. I do it all the time because I'm, you know, I'm working all in a completely yeah. different capacity from the day to day. I'll come to the office just to pull the energy out of the yeah. room because I want some of it. Give me some of that. Like, yeah. I, you know, this is it's it's amazing, and you can you can plug into your peers and. And I think that a lot of that is because we share our vision. Um, you know, we cast that vision. We're very transparent as a business of what we're doing, what our limitations are from a profit and loss standpoint, what we want to do to allocate the shared resources as a group to help make sure that everybody has, you know, the leverage that they need and, and that we are sustainable and scalable as a business over time. Yeah. Um, and we, we spend a lot, we, we have standards, um, but we also train to those standards. Yeah. And, you know, we, we put a lot of energy, effort, and resources into making sure that we build a business that people really can get what they want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, it's not going to solve all your problems. It's certainly not going to change your life if you're not already, you know, an achiever. But, boy, if you are, yeah. like, we've, we've made something special there. Well, and that's the great thing is, is that room is filled with people who are working deals. Like, not just playing but yeah. really working. I mean, you can't. Yeah. You have you're to not, have a culture of production. Yeah. There's a difference between having a culture where everybody's having fun, but you've got to have standards and you have to have a culture of production because businesses, you can't scale mediocrity. Yeah. It, it's, it's a house of cards. A lot of businesses are able to scale mediocrity in a short time and then that just crashes because yeah. there's no standards. There's no trainings to, to the standards. The standard has to be production. The culture has to be intertwined into the fabric of production. We all have to make money. That's why yeah. we're there. No, if you're not making money and you're just running around showing people houses, mm -hmm. you're not going to be a happy person. You're not going to be all happy on a team. You're not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So, no, it was great. I'm super excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for this week. Yes. Like I've said, I, the person that flew in here yesterday will be a completely yeah. different person the carry that back. came yesterday is not <laughs> the carry that's leaving thursday yeah so watch out yeah well listen carrie that's that's our time for today um we are going to have a, a great day at women of strength tomorrow and we're going to continue this kind of empowering conversation um thank you everybody for tuning in to episode five of the authentic agent podcast i hope you guys got a lot out of this um simple conversations that go deep on 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 you know people's stories and Carrie, I just want you to know like how much you are loved, respected, and appreciated inside of our organization. Like we see in you, I think 
very similar to your friend a long time ago. Like what, what I see in you, and we see a lot of people in this business, but what we see in you is someone that is capable of some major, major things. Yeah. And I can tell you this, I'm very proud and honored to be in business with you. I feel the absolute same as with you, you and Kyle, in Mike. Super, super excited about it. And yeah. I love that belief in me. Like yeah. I say, it's hard to see it myself, but I love when people tell me that because I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you're out there and you're listening to this conversation, um, you should be proud of the people you're in business with too. And you should be proud of, of the, you know, of, of the situations that you're in and the way that you conduct your businesses can conduct themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. It exists out there. Mm -hmm. So thanks everybody. Episode five is in the books. Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> thanks.